feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet her maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I caught a glimpse of And protests over the migrant shelters that are popping up all over New York City. Well, they are getting very emotional. We're going to talk about them later on in the hour because some war took place tonight, including in Staten Island, where they're building a migrant shelter, basically taking over a school. And then across the way, well, about 20 feet is a grammar school. So what could go wrong there? Several hundred single adult male migrants across from a grammar school. And again, they have not been vetted. They have not been checked for health issues. They have not been checked for criminal records. This is a disaster. And now also they were reporting that maybe some members of Antifa showed up when there was a protest outside of Gracie Mansion, which is Mayor Eric Adams' home. So things are getting really messy, and they are just getting out of hand, and people are just really emotional about the issue. And it sounds like there is no end in sight. And, in fact, they're predicting that there may be as many as 20,000 migrants entering the school system in New York City. That is a huge number. And a lot of school days are starting in many school years next week. So that may be right around the corner. Here is a resident from Queens who says, why are you putting them in neighborhoods? Why don't you look at the big prison, Rikers Island? Mr. Mayor, what about Rikers Island? There are abandoned buildings there. They could house 20,000, but not at Creedmoor, not in our neighborhood. We're going to destroy our neighborhoods. We're going to destroy the property values. We're gonna, there's going to be crime. There's going to be drug taking. We don't know what's going to happen. And that is a typical sort of par for the course because emotions are getting heated. And right now, it doesn't look like there really is any end in sight. I mean, we're seeing the governor write to President Biden. Uh, That's good. I'm glad that there are Democrats speaking out. But she's just trying to expedite the work process. So what? They're going to get here sooner? And then the question is also, is the plan to maybe allow them to vote as non-citizens in New York in municipal elections? That could be the case. Uh, what about asking for more money? How does that plug the hole? When are we going to hear Democrats say, Mr. President, uh, we realize you started the problem, but it really is the fact that you opened the border, that you lifted remain in Mexico, which was the policy under President Trump. When are they going to finally call out the president and Mayorkas and others and say it is your policies that have created this crisis? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And speaking of President Trump, just a few hours ago, a federal judge in Washington, D.C., Judge Tanya Chutkin, who also, by the way, this is the one who worked with Hunter Biden, 
uh, and did some of the Burisma coverage. I mean, you can't make it up. This is talk about somebody who has a conflict of interest. You would think this is a blaring neon sign for conflict of interest. She comes out with the date that she says her trial should start. Now, there's so many trials. You got to try to figure out how to keep them straight. This is the one that is the election January 6th trial. And this is the one where she has said that there was election interference at a federal level. So it's in Washington, D.C., and they basically, this is Jack Smith, who's in charge of it all, and Trump team came forward and said, we think that the date should be after the election, that it should be, he was saying, April of 2026. So it should be after the election. I should have time to prepare I could be in the White House uh, or not be in the White House, depending where the election goes. But at least I would have time to be able to focus on the election. And so on the flip side, Jack Smith said, well, we would like a speedy trial. Usually, of course, it's the defendant that wants a speedy trial. But so Jack Smith said, no, 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 no. We really want it to start right away. We want it to start in October. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's ridiculous. We'd like it to start in October. That is the most insane thing. So what does the judge come back with? Well, Judge Tanya Chuckin just a little bit ago, and to me, one of the most transparent moves that I have seen a judge do, has come back and said, you know what? We're going to start it on March 4th, 2024. That is one day before the Super Tuesday, big, big, huge election day. That is when there are elections, municipal elections and uh, statewide elections, but especially, of course, the biggest. It's 15 different states. That is a huge time, uh, including also American Samoa. But it's a big, big, pivotal contest day where all these huge, huge, you know, states have their primaries. How transparent is that? The fact that she would say, no, 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 we don't really care. And even put out a statement saying, you know, President Trump's campaign issues are basically his issues. Like it's some little thing running for the president of the United States. So, you know, we're not really going to look into that. We're not going to really consider that as a part of the case. We're just going to go razor focused and treat them like anybody else. There's no exceptions. Sorry, too bad. I don't care if you're running for president, if you were the president of the United States, too bad. Full steam ahead. And it's going to be March 3rd. That to me just shows how political this whole thing is, how shameful and how transparent the Democrats are, that they are just on a mission to suddenly surprise, surprise of all days, we're going to pick it right before the big kind of make or break contest. Because usually around Super Tuesday, you kind of know for the most part, it doesn't happen all the time, but quite a lot of times you sort of know who's going to stay in the race and who's out of the race. And so that is a critical one that everybody is really laser focused on. And yet she wants him to suddenly get ready for a huge, enormous trial that's a federal trial. If you're a federal criminal defendant, typically you're in court for all of these proceedings, too. They like you to be in court, and in some cases you're pretty much required to be in court. And that's the date that she picks. By the way, that's the same date that the Georgia Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, also picked. I mean, there are more dates on the calendar 
But they both somehow seem to pick the most politically charged day right smack in the middle of all these different primaries because it's after Iowa, it's after New Hampshire, it's after Nevada, it's after South Carolina. But it's right the day before the biggest contest and they want him to be focused on the campaign or not be focused, I guess, pretty transparently. This to me is really the epitome of election interference. This is so over the top and such an outrageous and disgusting attempt because it's like, okay, we went after him with the Alvin Bragg case. Oh, he's still standing. We went after him on the classified documents case. Oh, shoot, he's still standing. Then let's throw the federal January 6th election interference. Oh, he's still standing. And then, of course, you got the the DA in Georgia with the RICO case. Oh, wait, 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 he's still standing there. I mean, where does it end? This is so transparent. And then you pick a date. You're looking at everything that's on the election calendar, and they pick the date right before one of the most pivotal contest days in the campaign season. This, to me, is really, really disgusting. And here is Joy Reid, one of the hosts on MSNBC, and she just cannot believe uh, about the ma- mugshot, she's like, oh, this is so great. This is so, so great. And there should be more mugshots like this out there. I think if she had her druthers, she'd want to indict Donald Trump every single day. Take a listen to what she said the other day. To me, this is justice. The fact that Manhattan didn't give him a mugshot, I thought was offensive. I thought that the Fed said, we already know what he looks like. He was the president of the United States. Okay, offensive. Everyone else had to take him. This case, and I think Fonnie Willis is a hero. She is a national hero because she, more than any prosecutor in this country, and I respect Jack Smith and I respect all the prosecutors that are doing this. She's the only one who said these wealthy, powerful, privileged men and women are just American citizens. And when they break the law, they will take that picture. I thought she was talking about Hunter Biden for a little while there because of all the tax issues and the gun issues and the tens of millions of dollars that came in and went through all these shell companies. That's what I thought she was talking about. That's what looking uh, looks like it's going to be investigated in an impeachment inquiry of the president of the United States when Congress comes back very soon, according to Kevin McCarthy and others. So there's a lot of there there. And yet she's talking about President Trump. They are so intent on getting Trump no matter what. And here's a little bit more of Joy Reid talking about the mugshot uh, that she seems very happy to see. Take a listen. He's sort of the avatar for the rage that he has traded off of to become president in the first place. It is that is not the, you know, sort of funny reality show star that Americans elected in 2016. That's a that is a sinister apparition that I'm seeing in front of me. That to me is the craziest comment, because what does she think that I guess he's supposed to be smiling, even though he just got a mugshot? by a local district attorney in Georgia that he's supposed to be smiling ear to ear and happy that this is happening to him. I mean, the fact that he looks angry and he looks enraged fits the moment. Don't you think? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom line four. Dom, your reaction to all this. Uh, Rita, this illegal immigration 
is getting so bad for Kathy Hochul and Eric Adams. I'll bet you they're more than ready for mean tweets and cheap gas in 2024. <laughs> yeah, you know what? After a while, you're like, uh, we'll take that as opposed to uh, a migrant shelter of unvetted, uh, you know, about a thousand unvetted men who may uh, be uh, related to MS-13 in their neighborhood. Somehow, you know well, what? I, a mean tweet doesn't seem so bad. Yeah. And I think the, the pain and suffering that Adams and Hochul are apparently suffering. Now, notice they're both of their 51 percent don't want Kathy Hochul. I mean, like, you know, they're sending them to the suburbs. And they, I think this is this needed to happen in Democratic districts. And I think Texas did us a huge favor by sending these people to New York. Otherwise, this never would have come to the top and this never would have happened. In spite of this, neither one of them is saying, hey, Joe Biden, take care of this. They're saying the federal government has to come in. They don't want to mention his name, you know, they're for fear of upsetting their own people, which are not too many, I'm guessing. You know, you're right. I'm waiting for them. And I'm waiting for somebody to say, you know, President Biden, it's your open border policies that created this. And they're not doing it. I also think, Dom, that this is going to be a huge issue in the election because people are fed up. And if you look at even outside of the protests now, there are people that are Republicans, Democrats, independents, who knows what they are. They're just concerned citizens. And uh, and I think that that is going to open the floodgates very, very much for them. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of the fact that President Trump has now been given a date right before the Super Tuesday contest, which is a huge contest. And it looks like liberals are tiptoeing through the tulips. They are just so happy and so thrilled because they the whole mission is getting Trump off the campaign trail. And they're also talking about the 14th Amendment. Wow. We're going to talk about that after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. It's the Rita Cosby Show. pretty surreal right now what is happening it seems like we're living in a banana republic just a little bit ago by the way president trump again branding jack smith as quote deranged that's the special counsel of course who is investigating him not just for the election but also for the classified documents it's okay i guess that biden kept them under his beloved corvette 
that survived that massive kitchen fire uh, that he compared to uh, the firefighters, the fire in Maui. I mean, what a mess that was. But as we're going through all of this, President Trump also reminding people that that case, the D.C. case that we're talking about, in particular about election uh, fraud and interference and all these things, in that case, he said that basically the group that was investigating it and presenting information to Jack Smith used a lot of the findings from the January 6th committee. And he reminds everybody that he called it the unselect committee as opposed to the select committee and that they were obviously very biased. I mean, we saw a lot of the evidence that they presented and they didn't present both sides. They only presented one side. Remember, it was like, oh, don't you don't need to show that other part. Let's just kind of keep going. Forget the peacefully and patriotically. Let's just kind of move on and move that out. They were, And then remember, some of the evidence was deleted and destroyed, according to reports. So, I mean, how does this seem fair? And now there's also this effort to try to get him fully removed from the ballot in certain states, because these other things don't seem to be working, uh, to get him removed, because that seems to be their objective as opposed to, you know, justice that they're pushing for this 14th Amendment, basically saying in the 14th Amendment, I think it's Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, um, that there is an insurrection clause. If you incited an insurrection, created an insurrection, use violence, some of these issues. So they're saying based on that, that they think they could try to remove Trump from being on the ballot in certain states. And there's even an attorney in Florida who's using that and saying, oh, I'm going to challenge this and basically try to remove him from the ballot. Some attorney in Florida. I mean, this is crazy. So are we going to have like 5,000 attorneys now trying to file some suit against the president? And does he have to appear before Super Tuesday for them to as well? This is just so transparent that certain things aren't working. So let's try another. Certain things aren't trying. Let's try another. And in fact, since the mugshot got released, get this, President Trump His team has raised more than $7 million since that last mugshot, according to his team. That's uh, from mugs, from hats, uh, just outright fundraising that apparently the donations are pouring in. People are just stunned at what they're seeing. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith, line seven. Judith, your thoughts. Oh. Oh, hi, Rita. Hi, thank you so much. Listen, uh, this joyless read, when I heard uh, her statement, I thought we are all innocent until proven proven guilty, Rita. And you know what? According to her statement, she finds Trump guilty already without a trial. And by the way, there's no way he's ever going to get a fair trial anywhere, anywhere. These judges are so biased, you know, and they should recuse themselves. This particular January 6th judge, she is tainted, and quite frankly, they're all evil. I'm just so fed up. You know something? They don't care about the Constitution. Clearly, they have, like, they've broken all the laws themselves. Like, for instance, uh, what is it? Like, unlawful political maliciousness, you know, against a leading candidate. That right right there, right there, it's, it's unlawful. They're not allowed to do this type of stuff. I don't know why... I don't know how they get away with all this stuff, really. And no, you know, I, by, the way, by the way, Rita. Judith, I got to read a comment. I'll, I'll let you answer, but I want to read a comment to you. Um, this is what was said in the court today. Um, 
you know, uh, about uh, when both sides were saying, wait, 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 you know, he should it should be delayed. The judge said, let's take the temperature down. I understand Mr. Trump is presumed innocent, as is every defendant. But let's not overlook the fact that Mr. Trump has considerable resources that every defendant does not usually have. Like, how is that? That's like like making him defend himself with one arm behind his back. Real quick, Judith. Well, I say thank God that he's able to. Thank God, because you know what? He represents all of us. What they're doing to him, they could do to all of us, and we don't have those resources. This is scary. And the Bar Association is so corrupt. Where are they? Where is the Bar Association? Yeah, you know what? That's a great point, because the Bar Association, first off, should go, uh, who are these attorneys? And second of all, why are they going after Trump's attorneys? It's like, what about fair representation, fair defense? Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from South Bend, Indiana, where five police officers were honored for helping to save a child's life. They were heralded and given life-saving awards in the last few days. The officers responded to a call back in July at a home after a young five-year-old boy had been bitten in the face and neck by a pit bull, hitting some of the main arteries. And when they arrived, officers instantly began performing critical life-saving measures by tending to the boy's devastating injuries. Now, due to the severity of the child's wounds, the officers carried them, carried him to their car, to their squad car, and then they rushed him to the hospital because the ambulance wasn't there yet. They knew that time was of the essence. And indeed, their decision to transport the child directly to the hospital in their squad car likely saved his life. The child, when he arrived at the hospital, had no pulse. What a scary situation. Doctors lauded the officers, saying choosing to immediately transport him was a key factor in saving his life. And thankfully, despite the boys sustaining a stroke on the right side of his brain, which caused severe nerve damage to the left side of his body, the boy's condition has apparently continued to improve each day, which is remarkable. The father of the young boy expressed also his gratitude to the uh, to the two officers who responded that night saying they undoubtedly saved his son's life, and he is eternally grateful. What a great example of officers getting there in the nick of time, making fast decisions, getting great training, and also, in this case, saving this young boy's life. Bravo to our great men and women in law enforcement. Well, we are talking about President Trump, and it is amazing that in this case, of the D.C. federal case. This is the one that the special counsel, Jack Smith, brought up saying that it was election interference by Trump. And now it looks like the judge in this case is doing election interference because the judge in this case has now said that the start of the trial is going to be March 4th. It's the day before the all-important election contest of Super Tuesday. It's right smack in the middle of the campaign season. And you first have Iowa, and then you've got, of course, 
uh, the sequence of Nevada, South Carolina, New Hampshire, all in that batch there. Then, of course, the next one, there's a couple others. But Super Tuesday is the big kahuna. It's a big one. And if you could pick a worst day to say to a defendant, hey, we're going to start it on that day. Because, of course, you want him to be prepared. It's a federal case. It's a criminal case. He most likely has to be in court. So they're just trying to squeeze him every which way but loose. He's going to be preparing for Super Tuesday, and he's going to be preparing for this major federal case. Why does Super Tuesday always come up? Because remember, the Georgia District Attorney, Fulton County, Georgia, Fannie Willis, also proposed, surprise, surprise, September, uh, March 4th, March 4th again. I mean, you can't make it up. It's like every single time there's a prosecutor who's like, you know what, let's just pick a random date. Let's just pick the day right before Super Tuesday. To me, this is so transparent that what they're trying to do is bog Trump down so he can't focus on the campaign and he can't focus on the trial. They're just trying to, again, squeeze him from every different direction. And they can't believe that he's still standing. It's like, okay, he's up in the polls. In fact, in the latest poll, he is so far ahead of Ron DeSantis in the number two position. He's at 51 percent. And Ron DeSantis is at 13 percent. I mean, this is an enormous, an enormous margin that he's ahead. And it's like every time he gets indicted, he's still standing and he gets more campaign funds And he gets more emboldened and people who are supporting him get more emboldened, too, because they see what's going on. It's so transparent that they're just trying to bog him down politically, that this is about politics. Why else would you pick the day before Super Tuesday? It's like every time they pick that date because they just want to try to knock out Trump every which way but loose. So take a listen. To this. This is Chris Christie. He was on ABC this week on Sunday, and he was asked about his performance again in the debate and also what he thinks of Donald Trump. Because, of course, remember, he has picked himself to be the self anointed attack dog of Donald Trump, and he can't believe he's still standing. So, listen to what he had to say this weekend. I want you to rate your own performance on Wednesday night. Looking back on it now, is there anything you would have done differently? Not really, Martha. I mean, I think that, you know, I answered the questions as I always do, really directly, um, looked into the camera and spoke to the audience at home and told them the truth. And and the truth is that, you know, we can't have a convicted felon uh, as our nominee for president and expect we're going to win. Uh, And it was really the most amazing part of the debate to me was the idea that, you know, the majority of my competitors believe that you can have a convicted felon. Um, as our nominee for president, and uh, that they'd support that and that he could win. Uh, I think that's an impossibility. Uh, And I think what it'll mean for uh, folks across the country is four more years of Joe Biden. And for Republican primary voters, they have to think about what that'll mean, potentially a packed Supreme Court, potentially the elimination of the filibuster, and a lot more. So what's at stake here is we need to nominate someone who's proven that they can beat Democratic incumbents. And I was the only one on that stage that's ever done that. And I'll beat Joe Biden if I get the nomination. Well, Chris Christie is not even ranking, I think, in the top three or four right now. Uh, Some of the polls are showing, again, Trump. Then you've got uh, DeSantis. Then you've got Vivek Ramaswamy. 
Uh, Nikki Haley kind of moved up a bit because she had a great debate performance. So this is just this is such a pylon from every different direction. And Chris Christie actually had the audacity to say, I can't believe Trump is making money on his mugshot. Like, in other words, you're supposed to get a mugshot and just take it and not do anything with it. But in classic Trump form, he is actually skyrocketing since he got the mugshot. As I mentioned, he's brought in $7 million. And Chris Christie said, uh, well, you know what? No, nobody should be really donating or helping Donald Trump. I guess he's supposed to live on like an island, you know, all by himself and uh, never speak to people, maybe a leper society or something like that. Then maybe Chris Christie would be happy. Listen to this comment. There's almost nothing anymore that he could do that would surprise me in terms of the ongoing grift. Um, you know, Donald Trump promised the country when he ran in 2016 that he would um, drain the swamp. Really, all he did was rearrange the swamp, rearranged it so that he could make money off of regular voters to pay his own legal fees, to pay $208,000 for his wife's stylist, um, and to set up a $2 billion grift from the Saudis for his daughter, Ivanka, and his son-in-law, Jared. Um, you know, we see the same thing with Hunter Biden and what he's doing. Um, we have two ruling families right now in this country who put themselves before uh, the people they're supposed to represent. We need a wholesale change, and that's why I'm running for president. You think Trump supporters are being ripped off when they donate? Absolutely. Um, you know, when you see $40 million in legal fees in just the first half of the year, and that was before um, two of the indictments. Uh, these fees are only going to go through the roof. And Donald Trump maybe should sell one of his golf courses or maybe sell his apartment at Trump Tower to fund it. But instead, he's taking people who donate an average of $100 to him to try to get him to become president of the United States again. And he's using that money to pay his legal fees. It's it's unethical. It's immoral. Um, and it's just another part of the grift that's been going on in Washington, D.C. for much, much too long. Uh, and, you know, you look at him and you look at what's going on, as I said, with Hunter Biden and the way he was selling access to his father um, when he was vice president. I think that we should be tired of both of those acts. Chris Christie, you know, give me a break. Everybody who's donating right now, they know a lot of it is going to defend Donald Trump and it's going to cost a lot of money. I guess he thinks, again, Donald Trump shouldn't have any help whatsoever. And people are galvanizing and donating because they want to defend him because they just cannot believe what they're seeing. And this comes at the same time that Kevin McCarthy is saying it looks like an impeachment inquiry is moving forward. Um, I want to play. This is Cut 29. And in Cut 29, we have Kevin McCarthy, of course, who is the Speaker of the House, because he sees the double standard and it looks like an impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden could be right around the corner. Take a listen. Only because Republicans took the majority have we found out what President Biden told us when he was running for office is not true. He he said he never had any dealings with his son's business and that he never even talked to him. We've now found out not only did he call into the meetings, he went to dinner and after the dinner, 
Hunter Biden got a new Porsche, that there was 3.5 million transferred. We now found out as he was a sitting vice president, the family created 20 shell companies. They received 16 of 17 payments from Romania while he was vice president. We now found that the money would flow to nine family members. He has to continue to change this. But since then, we found a movement of his administration of weaponization. We found that now the uh, special prosecutor, David Weiss, actually let the statute of limitations run out on Hunter Biden's taxes. We found that the FBI actually informed Hunter Biden and the inaugural committee prior to our ability to go and interview him. We also have a DOJ that um, gave a, tried to give a sweetheart deal to Hunter Biden, and the judge said no. So if you look at all the information we've been able to gather so far, it is a natural step forward that you would have to go to an impeachment inquiry. So it looks like things are definitely getting heated on that side of the aisle. And I think Republicans are going, you know what? Uh, let's see. Uh, Donald Trump making a phone call to Georgia versus what we've seen with tens of millions of dollars. And you also heard from the prosecutor of Ukraine, the former one over the weekend, saying uh, he believes that the Bidens were bribed, that they were involved in a crime. That's his words. Uh, So it certainly needs to be looked into when you see all the different things here and you see what's happening with President Trump. Uh, This is an enormous pylon. And now they're saying, all right, get ready. The day before Super Tuesday, we just want to bog you down as much as you can. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex. Line five. Alex, your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita, thanks for taking the call. And by the way, if Curtis Slewar, WABC, wants to make a lot of money, they should make a, a mugshot uh, T-shirt so they should sell of Curtis Slewar. I think a lot of people in New York are going to buy that. Um, and you're right that uh, in this 2024 election, a lot of Democrats are going to vote against this open border because it's the first time um, in this election where they, they actually felt the ramifications of the open borders. Because over the last year, the amount of illegal migrants that have ended up in Democratic states and cities um, has gone through the roof and people are being mad about it, which I find actually hypocritical. Democratic voters were 100 percent fine when these migrants were in border states next to the border, Republican states and cities. And they said, oh, we got to care for these migrants. Let them into Texas. Let them into all these Republican Republican states, no problem. Now they're in New York. You got a problem about it. But also about the Trump indictment and the court date. Number one, about the, the T-shirt, uh, not, it's him, him not smiling during that mugshot. You know, Democrats are mad about it. Imagine if Trump would have smiled during that mugshot. They would have said he's making a, a joke out of the whole thing and that, that he's not taking it seriously. So whatever he would have done, they would have said it's wrong. And I, I don't think Trump – I actually disagree with you. I don't think Trump should be concerned about the March 4th date being set for his trial because he knows it's going to help him in the primary. It's the day before Super, Super Tuesday, and that that's going to rile up a lot of people in the Republican Party to vote for him on Super Tuesday as we're seeing his poll numbers going up. And I think the Democrats know that. And it seems like, you know, they're not stupid people. They want him to be the nominee of the Republican Party because while the Republicans are, you know, coming out and voting for Trump because of all these indictments and all the corruption, uh, independents and 99.9% of Democrats are getting even more and more mad at Trump because they look at him as a criminal. 
And so it makes him less electable in the general election. I think they want him to be the nominee. And, I, you know, I think this is going to help Trump to become the nominee, especially the trial date is on March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday. That's a great point, because you're right. He seems to get emboldened every time that this happens. Yep. On the other hand, you know, it's like then they're also talking about this fourth, the 14th Amendment, saying that maybe he should be off the ballots. It's like. I think I think they're confused in their mission, but I think the results are the same, as you're pointing out, in terms of at least the nomination. But if you you know, it's interesting, Alex, if you look at some of the latest polls for a while, Biden was beating him in some of the polls. But now of late, uh, I've seen some polls where Trump is ahead and there's a lot of polls that are now coming out that say Biden's just too old. They've seen a lot of problems with Biden. I mean, uh, tomorrow there's going to be a forum about the withdrawal of Afghanistan, what a disaster that was. Uh, his comments in Maui, what a disaster they were. I mean, there's so many things where a lot of people are going, you know, uh, and these are Democrats that he's even in too old. So some of the new polls are showing uh, Trump could now knock out Biden. And maybe that's why they're getting worried. Maybe now they see it's so obvious. Well, we all see that Biden is just in la-la land. And now they're going, oh, maybe we got to come up with another plan. Maybe this 14th Amendment's another plan. So I, I think they're trying to re-rack and try to fa- figure out a new way uh, to go after him because maybe they've emboldened him, like you're saying. And 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 you're right. It could be maybe the biggest turnout in Super Tuesday ever because people are just looking at this and saying, boy, is this transparent. That would be really interesting if it was like a resounding win for him on Super Tuesday. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to be talking about the protests over the New York City migrant shelters and the battles that are taking place all over New York State and really around this country. People are waking up and going, you know what? Uh, maybe it's not a good idea to have these shelters so close to schools, uh, close to residential neighborhoods, some of them thrust right in the middle of it all. And we're going to talk about that and your thoughts of where this is headed. Also, Letitia James, who is the Attorney General of New York, now saying to New York school districts, uh, don't you think... For one second about blocking migrants that you, we have a obligation by law that you have to make sure that they are allowed into the classrooms. And she said there's been some examples of schools saying, you know what, uh, we don't really want them. And she is saying that they could face lawsuits if they don't take the illegal migrants into the classrooms. And remember, school's going to start. Some schools have already started the fall session. This is going to be one big hot mess. And also in Chicago, you know, they've had a string of break-ins, especially with carjackings. So who does the Chicago mayor blame? He blames the automakers, saying they should have created better devices to block the cars from being carjacked. You can't make it up. 
Uh, I mean, the car thefts and carjackings are escalating in Chicago, and the mayor doesn't blame the thugs. He blames the automakers in classic Chicago form. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line five. BJ, your thoughts about all this with Trump? Well, I'm still dying laughing at Christie. I don't know what they just bring this guy out as an insult track to to Trump. People forget, you know, he slashed uh, the uh, pension payments by two point four billion dollars in the state a record nine times. Uh, the credit rating was downgraded by Wall Street, uh, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, in New Jersey's credit rating. So this guy, I mean, he just constantly, constantly Trump. He tried to get a job from Trump. Trump. Trump had wanted nothing to do with him. He fired him because uh, he threw Jared's father in jail. Uh, he's a total Bush bot. He's, he takes all his money from Bush. Yeah. No, and and by the way, the he has it. BJ. You're right. He's flipped and he's flopped. And because of that, um, that's why I think he knows uh, that all he can do is sort of attack Trump as opposed to sort of generating his own base. Um, and you're right. It, they, you know, I wish you, you know, it, it gets old. I agree with you. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline real quick. Jacqueline, you've been on hold, too. Go ahead. Line seven. Rita, you know, it's funny that BJ should mention the former governor of New Jersey. As a former prosecutor, I'm surprised to hear him say, a convicted criminal. He's already got him convicted as a criminal. And nothing has even gone uh, gone to court. No, you're, you uh, are 1,000% right. You're right. He's like already throwing him under the bus because he's just trying to do anything he can. I, he knows he can't beat Trump, but he's just trying to smear him like that's his position. And yet, you know, it, it's, it's a futile effort because Trump is going up and up and up. We're going to talk about the border after the break, everybody. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. The migrant crisis is exploding, and there is no doubt that that is happening in New York City and across the country. Kathy Hochul writing a message to President Biden saying, hey, we need help. We need basically uh, an admission that this started with the federal government and you guys are going to fix it. But she doesn't say it's your wide open border policy. Nobody has really taken on the president in terms of his wide open border policy. They're just saying, hey, send more money. And now Letitia James, who is the attorney general for New York, has come out and also said that schools have to take these migrant children, basically warning that there will be some sort of legal action if these schools are blocked from being able to enroll into New York classrooms. There's an estimate that somewhere maybe around 20,000 migrant kids are coming. So this is really a major issue for a lot of reasons. First off, we don't know anything about the background of these people. We don't know even the health background of these kids. 
Have they been checked? Have they been vaccinated? Remember what a big to-do it was about all the COVID vaccines and kids couldn't go to classroom if they weren't vaccinated, if they weren't wearing masks, they weren't doing all those things. And now you have all these people coming from foreign countries, young kids. We don't know their health history. They haven't been vetted. They haven't been checked. And you're going to throw them into a classroom with potentially health issues, which we don't know of. There are cases of tuberculosis and all these other things being discovered in some of the migrant cases, according to multiple reports. And then they also don't speak the language. And we've already got our kids that are so far behind after COVID, after the lockdown. You look at the how far behind they are in English and in math uh, compared to where they were a number of years ago. And then you're going to throw in these people. I feel bad for the kids, too, for the migrant kids. And I feel bad for the American kids, too, as well. But Letitia James uh, sent a letter basically saying that she and the state education commissioner, Betsy Rosa, said that some school districts are making it difficult or impossible for undocumented students and families without permanent addresses to enroll. And she's reminding them that, quote, the law is clear. Every New Yorker is entitled to a free public education. And anyone who lives in our state is a New Yorker. So you better buck up or else. And meantime, on the southern border, there are reports that a lot of these folks who are bringing the migrants across the border are now beefing up. Uh, they're putting on body armor. There's been reports of many of them with submachine guns, these smugglers. They're also putting the word out saying, uh, here's where the hole is in the wall, guys. Uh, and they're on social media touting some of the best places to get through the southern border saying, hey, it's like, uh, you know, it's like waves where you see, OK, well, where's the quickest way uh, to get through traffic? This is where's the tri- the quickest way to get through our southern border. And unfortunately, these days, they seem to have a lot of choices. What a sad testament and sad situation it is that we have come to this and with no end in sight. And I think this issue with migrants and the handling of the border is going to be an enormous issue for the next election. It's already an enormous issue. It's an American security issue well beyond politics. But there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a key, key issue because people are fed up and they're seeing what a contrast. All they needed to do was keep Trump's remain in Mexico policy. That would have been fine. But no, the Biden administration doing everything that's anti-Trump, they had to get rid of that. Then, of course, Title 42 was set to expire. They couldn't wait for it to expire, it seems. You know, anything they could do to make that border more wide open. And so today... We have anywhere from seven to eight million migrants that have crossed the border under President Biden. That is an enormous number and that is unsustainable for anybody. Can you imagine what it's like in Texas? We're seeing what it's like in New York. I can't even imagine what it's like in Texas because things are busting at the seams in New York. And over the weekend, there was a protest outside of Gracie Mansion, which, of course, is the mayor's mansion here in New York, sending a message to the mayor that enough is enough. And it got a little boisterous. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of some of the folks speaking out. USA! USA! Close the border already! This is unsustainable! 
Mayor Adams has said this is a sanctuary city, but Suffolk County is not sanctuary city. I pay 20k in property tax to live in Comac. It's getting pretty boisterous there and pretty feisty. And it's these other counties also that are saying, we don't want them in our county, that they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep it in this county. So here is Curtis Slewa, of course, of WABC Radio, commenting on what he sees in the crowd. Because he says that at that protest at Gracie Mansion, part of the reason he believes that things got really crazy, was he says that Antifa showed up. I mean, that's a dangerous situation that in the middle of all this, you know, you've got the emotions of the migrant crisis. You've got all the reports of all these other potential locations popping up in New York City and outside of New York City that are being discussed. You know, you've seen the big one uh, that's happening in one of the boroughs, Staten Island, That one is raising a lot of ire. And then you're seeing other different locations across the country. Uh, They're popping up. But in New York City, it's busting at the scenes. Half of the hotel rooms are filled with migrants. It's unsustainable. And they're saying it's basically going to be $12 billion at the end of 2025, essentially, for migrants. That's on this pace. That's not if it, like, doubles or triples. I mean, it's just nuts. So now the emotions, and because I think... People are starting to see that it's not a Republican issue. It's an American issue. There's Democrats out there. There's independents out there. There's people saying, we don't want this in our neighborhood. And so lo and behold, Antifa now gets thrown in the mix. And that's when things got a little ugly and a little boisterous. Take a listen. Here's Curtis describing what happened. I showed them their flight. They intended to assault us, violate our ability speak freely. They had the ability to speak freely. They were supposed to be in their pen or in our pen, right? That's the American way. I want them to be able to curse me, holler me, wish me death, wish me a plague, you know, leprosy, whatever. That's their right. But Antifa never operates like that. They always come to fight. And the cops, ever since the summer of 2020, they're impotent. We could have handled this, we could have had this all out. I told them this morning at Tega, yeah, we got it, Curtis. They weren't even born when I was first doing it. You saw me out there. I did more crowd control than some of the white shirts. It's really shameful. They really got to get their act together because they're going to be more than demonstrations. This is the first of many to come. You're going to see, we're getting arrested when I finish my speech. Civil disobedience. The mayor said he's Mayor Gandhi now, right? He's never done anything Gandhi-like. I'm going to show him what Gandhi is doing. And he did get arrested. He was in, in fact, he was behind bars for quite some time. Uh, that was quite, I think he got booked. He got fingerprinted. It was six hours. Uh, so... They didn't. It wasn't like a quick turn like the last one. And this is just the beginning. Think about it. Uh, this is 80th, I believe. 80th the rest. So uh, my bet is it'll be like Trump's counts. How many? Trump has 91 counts, so it's going to be well beyond that. Curtis is going to surpass it with even more arrests. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. So what's the solution? And do we see any end in sight? I sadly do not see any end in sight. And I'm seeing some of the Democratic leaders tiptoeing and like Kathy Hochul, at least saying the problem started with the federal government. I'm glad to see she acknowledges that. 
But then in the same breath, she's blasting Governor Abbott for shipping migrants to New York. Not the come on to New York, we'll invite everybody in approach of some of the Democrats in New York that started this as if it's Abbott who created the crisis, not their policies. So how does this turn around? And this is getting already very heated. It was heated at the protest yesterday. Tonight, they had the one in Staten Island. We'll get an assessment on that, too, as well. But is this now a place where people are so emotional? And unless they turn them around or unless they decide to send them back to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in front of Biden's house, I don't know if we see an end in sight. I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete, line four. Pete, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Rita. I was down there for a little while. I took actually a cab down to walk. It's a very narrow road there. The houses are close together, and most of the houses, they're in the millions. I mean, they're beautiful homes, a real quaint neighborhood. Off the beaten which path. which protests are you yeah. talking about, Pete? Which one? Staten Island protest. Oh, okay, yep. St. John Villa, like that. Uh, I don't know if it was a thief, but there was a couple of guys, maybe one or two, that started up. They made the big mistake of trying to start with Scott Lebedo. I grew up with Scott, and he's somebody that, as well as his art is so beautiful, his uh, ability to fight is even better because he's a very talented guy, quiet, mild-minded, but he could stir up a crowd because he's got a gift. And they made the mistake. And the NYPD, we give a shout-out to them. They did a good job of, you know, separating everybody and keeping everything calm. So Yeah, it has it to stay calm, Pete. It has to stay calm. Yeah. And and by the way, you know I had Scott on the show. Um, I, oh, yeah. I, I love Scott, but, he's, but nobody can get out of control because – you lose the message. It's a, and the message That's alone right. is divisive enough. You don't need uh you don't need uh you know uh, anything getting superheated. Right. And I don't want to see what happened in the 70s. There was something going on they call it blockbusting. Real estate people came in, bought houses that were worth like 3 400,000 for a million and over and then they went around giving notices to the people in the neighborhood. The value of your house is going down, so you have to sell it. And I don't want to see that happen again. It got so bad in the 70s where I lived that they actually burned the cross in front of this family, the Charles family. It's down on the archives. You know, you can read up on it. And the crackling of that wood burning, I was about 17, still has not left my life. I don't even like to have a fire with a log on it in the house. You By know, the way, Pete, because... that is that is absolutely chilling too, uh what yeah. you're describing of what you went through. Um and uh you're right. Things have to remain calm, focus on the issue, focus on trying to turn this around or at least letting city and state officials uh sending a message that they get a little fire under their butts to maybe turn this around. Um because they gotta start speaking up. And I think this is only sadly, I really do think it's sadly going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Because I don't see an end in sight. I don't see an end game. I mean, I don't see an ending any shape or form. Because until they call out the president, until the president gets a wake-up call uh, and says, oh, well, maybe I should close the border and maybe I should figure out what to do with all these people that are here and vet them. Um, 
I don't know how we turn this around. And that's what's really scary. Usually there's sort of a solution in sight, but uh, there isn't. And I know one of the things is Rikers. That's not a bad idea, I think, whatsoever. I think it's a great idea. John Katzmatidis has suggested that. I know Curtis also brought it up over the weekend because I think at least it's a location and you can have tens of thousands of them there. Uh, but you got to have the will. And if you don't have the will, uh, nothing's going to change. Uh, Pete, thank you very much. It's always so great to talk to you. And I'm glad things were peaceful, at least for the most part, where you were, which is great. Because we love the great people there of Staten Island. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, things are definitely heating up at these protests. And it all stems from that wide open border. Remember, President Trump, just a few days ago, when he did that interview with Tucker Carlson, said that his first mission would be to go back to the way it was on the border. Take a listen. Remember this? Day number one is border and taking hundreds of thousands of criminals that have been allowed into our country and getting them out and bringing them back to their country, Guatemala. By the way, not only the four countries that we think of as neighbors, all over the world, last month, we had 149 countries represented. Think of it. We had 149 countries represented, Tucker, from places that many people never even heard of coming into our country. And they're coming in from mental institutions and they're coming in from prisons. They're emptying out their prisons all over South America. Sounds like a great group coming to the United States. And we have no idea who they are, and now many of them in New York City, over 100,000, and no end in sight. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil, line three. Phil, your thoughts about all this. Rita, in my book, based on my military experience, I know one thing. These are sleepers. These people, these young, thousands and thousands and thousands of young, able-bodied men, they're sleepers. They don't want to fight for their own government in South in, in Central and South America, but they want to come here as an army. They are an army. All you have to do is add up the numbers, and you could see that these people could paralyze a big city. All they have to do is steal a couple of guns, steal a couple of knives, and you've got a terrorist situation on your hands. But the most amazing thing that I don't understand is it's projected by the city of New York. I saw it on the Internet that we will have 145,000 immigrants in this city, illegal immigrants, by December of 2023. Now, what do you do with them? Do you put them in jars? Do you put them in closets? Where do you you put these people? I say you've got a simple solution right here and now. There are three countries in Europe that are dying for low-skill, low-wage workers, and they are importing Tens of thousands of these people, this this character sort of people, from from India, from South America, from Africa. Why don't we just send them over to, to Poland, Romania, and Germany? 
and let them get a job and get a, get a life and get out of here. Well, let me tell you from experience about Poland, at least. Poland has one of the most secure borders in the world. Uh, they don't just let people in. Uh, they would vet them. Um, obviously, they could use help, and they have a lot of Ukrainians over there now, too, by the way. Um, but they would want to vet them first. No country in their right mind would say, hey, come on in. I almost can't think of another country where they've allowed so many unvetted, unvaccinated, uh, unchecked health-wise, um, and also for criminal records, people. I mean, Poland would never accept people without them being vetted. They might take them after they've been vetted. So there might be a solution there, Phil. Uh, your other point about the sleeper thing, that's a really frightening premise. Um, and the sad thing is, there are thousands upon thousands of them just in New York. And you think about if somebody sadly wants to do harm, uh, it only took, as we know, uh, just a number of hijackers on 9-11, what they did. And that is a really scary premise because we have no idea of their background, which is why you have to vet people if you care about the homeland. It is so important. We're going to continue your calls. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, where we get to honor our great veterans and their families, a beautiful story coming from Green Bay, Wisconsin, where my buddy Sterling Sharp uh, used to play. Remember, we went to University of South Carolina together. Well, the Green Bay Packers honored U.S. Marine Corps veteran Nicholas Bartlett in conjunction with Saturday's preseason game against the Seahawks for Operation Fan Mail. Uh, the Green Bay Packers and Network Health paid a special tribute to U.S. Marine Corps veteran Nicholas Bartlett during last Saturday's game. Operation Fan Mail is the program that recognizes military families and veterans at each Packers home game and has marked its 17th season this year. How beautiful that they've been doing it for that long. By the way, Bartlett served in the Marines for four years and he was stationed at Camp Pendleton, California as an electro-optical ordnance repairer with the 2nd Battalion 1st Marines. He was deployed twice overseas, first in 2019 to Japan, South Korea and Australia and a second in 2021 to the Middle East, where he spent about four months in Iraq. Um, By the way, during his time in the military, he was awarded the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, the Humanitarian Medal, the Armed Forces uh, Service Medal, the Operation Inherent Resolve Campaign Medal, and many, many more. How beautiful to see that he has been honored. By the way, he was raised in Madison, Wisconsin, And he has been a Packers fan for as long as he can remember. He apparently watches the games every week and was able to attend his first game ever last season. How beautiful through Operation Fan Mail that they are honoring those who are on active duty or veterans of the military also along with their families. And so far over the past 15 seasons, almost 200 families have been saluted during their games. What a beautiful way to honor our military in a big, big way. Well, things are getting pretty big in terms of the protests outside of so many locations across New York City. 
And a number of other counties are saying, no, we don't want it. Uh, Outside of Manhattan, you've also got Suffolk and Nassau. The Nassau County executive said, "Eh, it ain't going to happen in my backyard. And in Suffolk, they are trying to fight it tooth and nail as well. So far, when Kathy Hochul, she was saying that a number of the families were offered, hey, would you want to voluntarily go to other counties, even upstate? Only 17 families raised their hands and said, yeah, we'll go upstate New York. The others, and we're talking many upon many, said, you know what? I think I'll stay in highly glitzy New York City. And look at all the freebies we're getting here, basically. Why should we move? Why should they move? They have no incentive. And I don't blame the migrants. You know, they're coming to America because it's a great place. It's why we all love the United States. And it's why they love New York, despite all the craziness that's been going on in the city in the last few years. I don't blame them for wanting to come here. I blame our leadership that they haven't figured out an organized way to vet these people, put them somewhere, vet them, do some of these things, because it's only going to get worse. There's going to get more of them. As Phil was just saying, there's a story recently that said 145,000 of them will be here by the end of this year. That's a lot suddenly thrust into New York City. Think about the price tab of all of that. Who's paying for it? We are. And I was talking to, as you guys know, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Remember what she said on Friday to us? She was saying that she believes, well, part of the package that Kathy Hochul was saying when she was writing to the president was, guess what? On Section 8 housing, which is for, you know, those who are low-income housing that qualify for that. She says the migrants, she's asking that they be pushed in front of the line. So that they could go before our indigent veterans, any other indigent American citizens. How does that seem fair? You're sitting there waiting in line to get a location. You're not doing well financially. You're qualified and then you're waiting for an opening. And suddenly somebody who happens to cross the border illegally and show up in New York goes ahead of the line. How does that seem fair? And then she's also trying to push So work permits can happen faster. Nicole Maliotakis believes part of the reason behind that is that then they may be considered legally in New York if they are allowed to work, if they have a permit, and therefore could qualify as non-citizens eligible to vote in municipal elections. She thinks that's the loophole. And then suddenly all of them are in New York City and can vote in local elections. That's like city council and mayor. Isn't that interesting? So they couldn't right away, obviously, vote federally, but they could vote in local elections. No wonder some people want to keep them in New York City. This is crazy if that is the plan. What are your thoughts about all this? And here is at the protest that took place at Gracie Mansion, outside of Gracie Mansion, which is where, of course, Mayor Mayor Eric Adams is. That's the mansion there in New York City, and that's where he and his staff are. And because at one point he said, you know, I would take him to Gracie Mansion, and then he backtracked on that saying, well, technically I can't put them in Gracie Mansion. A lot of people are saying, why don't you put them all over the yard in Gracie Mansion if you have no problem with them? So the protest took place there on Sunday. It got heated. A number of arrests took place, uh, including with Curtis Slewa. And here is one of the counter protesters, because for the first time, 
we're starting to see it get a little heated, unfortunately, with both sides. And one of the groups that showed up was this group of counter-protesters saying we shouldn't be targeting and angry at the migrants. This is what they had to say. We are all immigrants. Our ancestors, everyone comes from immigrant families, immigrant backgrounds. And, uh, and it's immigrants who built this country. And here is the other side with them speaking out, saying they are fed up, not necessarily with the migrants, but with the leadership that basically set this all up. We're all for legal migration, and we all have come from somewhere at some point. Uh, but this is unacceptable. This is not left or right politics. This is a crisis that we have in our hands. And this is why we're here, to sort of raise awareness that there is a humanitarian crisis. You want to compromise? Move them all to Rikers Island. Move them all to Rikers Island. And that was John Katsimatini's idea. Uh, John said, hey, why not put them there? Take the doors off. Of course, that's the notorious prison. Take Take that off. Take it off the jail cells. But make it a little more cozy. But at least you can organize it. You could vet them. Why not do that? Why instead thrust them into neighborhoods, including where there is a protest tonight in Staten Island across the street, literally 20 feet from a grammar school that is working, a functioning grammar school, K through 12. I I mean, this is just absurd. And where does it end? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Uh, line four. Go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts about all this, my friend. Well, I didn't get arrested. But anyway, I was at the Gracie Mansion. Wait, well, you sound disappointed. Uh, Were you disappointed? Did you, did you want no, to get arrested? No, no, no. Not many got arrested. There was probably, I think, three. Three. Well, that includes Curtis got arrested. And uh, By the way, he was there yeah, for no, six I, hours. No, just, you I, want to be in jail for six hours, Norm? It wasn't a quickie. No, 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 no. Thank you, Rita. I, I, uh, I'm trying to avoid that situation. In three years of being a, a conservative activist, I've so far avoided that situation. I've come close, but I've not. Uh, it hasn't happened. Um, so anyway, what were your I, thoughts I, being he, there, Norm? What what um, was it getting kind of heated? Did you think Antifa was out there? Curtis thought Antifa oh, was there. Rita, Antifa comes to every anything, anything to bring down the USA. If it's whether it's whether it's to kill babies, whether it's to force us to take vaccines, whether it's to anything, anything. To, um, whether it's to support Drag Queen Story Hour, anything to bring just to bring the USA down, they love it. They show up, and they're not protesters. Uh, they throw bottles of urine at us. They, uh, you know, they cur- they're, they're not they're not there to engage in dialogue. They wear masks. They have, they, and I mean masks. I don't mean you know like I mean they wear like kerchiefs over their whole face. Uh, you know, uh, which we call it big big sunglasses. And, uh, you know, everything is just F you, F you. I mean, they're not they're not there to engage that lady that spoke. She was um, I don't know. I did. I I didn't hear that many people like her. But then there was not that many people total of Antifa. I would say there was total 20. There's maybe 20 Antifa there. No, they're local, right? There were local New York Antifa, right? Yeah, I, I knew. I listen. I could name a couple names. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, don't, don't do that. I don't like to. 
No, I don't. I wouldn't do that. But we all we know who the name. I know who I know who like the local leader of Antifa is in New York City. Okay, and uh, and you know and uh, you know I I know these people. Um, there'll be a lot more Antifa when I go to this Saturday. I'm going to be going to a life rally, pro life rally. There's hundreds of them that are going to show up there, and they're they're always and they just want to kill us. I mean, they just want to they just want to murder us. This Thank is God, crazy. The yeah, with the NYPD is there. Thank God. All right, uh, it was a successful rally. Uh, I don't know the the end game. Will it stop anything? Will it change anything? I I, I don't think so. I don't. Know. I think it's just gonna just gonna keep going, keep going, keep going until we have an administration change. That's it. You well, know that's I mean? you know that's the sad it. thing is, Norm. I think you're right in a lot of regards because, but that's a long ways away. I mean, you know, boy. If uh, even if it happens next year, uh, November, you know, say on Election Day, things change. Then uh, Biden leaves the White House in January, uh, a year from January. Boy, think of all the damage. Think of all the people that have crossed the border already and what's already happened just in the last few months, just last few weeks. Uh, Another year and a half of it. Yikes. Wow, 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 wow. But I think sadly you're right because I don't see the will on the Democratic side to A, either criticize the president um, or tell him to fix his policies. And I see zero from the president himself and the borders are. And that's a really dangerous combination for the United States in terms of national security. I mean, I'm, I really am concerned. And to me, this is is outright. I use the phrase derelict in his duties because it really is. The border, to me, has been just so despicable that they have left it so wide open that they don't seem to care. They don't even really talk about it. They don't address the border. A lot of the people in the media don't really even address it either. Uh, they seem to think it's just fine uh, until it comes to their neighborhood. Then we'll see how they feel. But, you know, I mean, you you think about with the, uh, you know, what if there's going to be suddenly a migrant shelter across the street from their kid's school, they may not be happy at that point. So there's there are so many questions uh, at this point. And the fact of the damage, I can't imagine how much more damage is going to happen in the next year and a half. Norm, thank you. You are terrific. Let's go to Tony. Line five. Tony, your thoughts. I'm glad Norm didn't get arrested. I know. I was so worried about everybody. I just want to say my mind was very overwhelmed with everything at Gracie Mansion. But here's two things that came to my mind. I want to take us back to Watergate for a half a second. And if you remember, John Mitchell was the attorney general who just a few months before he resigned. And so what I'm seeing just recently is um, Joe Biden's top White House counsel, Stuart Delaray. I think it's like Delaray, only Delaray. Just a couple of weeks ago, he resigned. And his job as an attorney was to look at everything from the border looking at uh, the Bidens, and he bailed. And now they have a new uh, chief counsel at the White House. So I think that's telling. And I think, um, to me, that means that um, something's about to happen with all the other things we're hearing, you know, with the Bidens and getting ready for the return of Congress come uh, after Labor Day, I think things are going to be happening soon. And they did a, cl- a cleanup on the chief White House counsel. Yeah, person. I think yeah. you're right. I, I think you are absolutely right. You also heard um, I was playing at the beginning of the show, Tony, that Kevin McCarthy says yeah. that uh, it's a natural step forward uh, for an impeachment inquiry. It's the inquiry 
But you're right between all of that um, and and sort of this. Uh, I'll play after the break also this exchange between Corinne Jean-Pierre and Peter Ducey because it's a doozy. She won't even answer a single question, which says to me, just like you said, they are worried about what's coming. And that could explain, you're right, the change at the White House. Uh, and on the meantime, he's not doing anything on the border either. So he's like, doesn't seem to be doing anything. I mean, and I had one <laughs> more thing, uh, Rita, if I could. Sure, and go ahead Peter's, real quick. In the Peters on the Zunonyms we talked about with the emails, and I said to you, Gary Peters, Senator Gary Peters, that was in all the Zunonym emails that uh, President Biden was sending out. Yeah, that's right. The aliases, the Robert L. Peters. That's right. So Gary Peters, I've been looking at him. He is the chair of the Homeland Security Committee uh, on the Senate side, by the way. So I thought that was particularly interesting. And they did the report uh, accusing President Trump of doing all those bad things. He spearheaded that. And he also uh, they handle the archives on Homeland Security. So that was interesting to me. So That's it. You point. know what, Tony, you might be reading into something here interesting that uh, and, and by, I remember when you kind of put you know your teeth into it, whatever, a week or two ago when the news broke. Uh, but this is an interesting development. You're right. There could be something uh, unconscious, you know, because remember, these came back from when he was vice president. But what was he thinking back then? Is there some ulterior plan that was in his mind? And uh, the beware to the J.R. beware is interesting. You brought up the where um, as something that in the energy industry, too. I remember it. You always have some great stuff. Tony, you are terrific. Uh, we'll continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, it's always a good day when you're listening to the radio. You know that. It's always a beautiful, sunny day. But things are getting a little cloudy by these migrant shelters. And some of the new numbers, too, at the border have gone up uh, exponentially in the last month or two, despite the fact that it's been hot. Because remember, in Texas, it's been boiling hot. And yet... On the border, they have seen a huge increase, which is unusual because usually during the summer months, it kind of tapers off a little bit. But they have actually seen an increase, which is a sign that it's probably going to get a lot worse in terms of more crossings happening. And why wouldn't they? They're seeing the big old neon sign uh, that says, hey, come to sanctuary cities across America. Come on in. Freebies and you'll get in front of of American citizens in many cases. And that is heartbreaking to see. We have to take care of our citizens first. We've got to make sure that the homeland is secure and safe and these people are vetted. And this is going to be something I think we're going to feel the impact of for generations to come. 
thanks to this president and his wide open border policy. The number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave, line four in Pennsylvania. Dave, go ahead. Uh, thank you. You know, one thing I think what needs to happen is for one, what shouldn't allow to be happening is let the state and local Democratic politician play good politician and the, and the federal level bad politicians. That's exactly what they want to blame on the federal government to create, to get funding and, and to basically assimilate this fund, the support of this. Number two, I think that if, in order to and I think, unfortunately, We'll need most of the responsible voting electorate to feel the burn of these illegal immigrants and what the problem is causing in order for them to start to vote responsibly. So that's why I don't think we want to kick the can down the road. Number three, we want to overwhelm and inform the, the electorate nationally. I think uh, impeachment hearings involving testimony of all the victims, including mothers and fathers of illegal immigrants who realized the price or the ticket they had to pay was to sacrifice their children into sex trafficking. And that's what they have to live with for the rest of their life, knowing their children are being are being tortured and mutilated. You know, Dave, uh, Dave, you brought up. Um, so sorry, because just we have a little bit of time left. But you hit it on the head in terms of uh, the fact that, I mean, it is so dangerous for these people crossing. And we need to spotlight horrible what's unfortunately happening to these people. Uh, how is that humane? It's not. Uh, real quick, let's go to Russell in North Carolina. Go ahead, Russell, real quick. Hey, Rita, first time I called you. Hey, listen, um... Curtis Lee was right. Put him on right goose because think about it. The first when they cross that border illegally, they automatically become criminals. So put him on Rikers to protect everybody, including themselves. And by and, the way, by the way, Russell, I also think, you know, John Katz ideas take the doors off. You can make it a lot more hospitable, but at least you can vet them and screen them. My goodness.